uh, I came prepared to do as Pastor JC has taught us to do in the appreciative way he has, and that is to greet all of you online, and he's done that. Uh, wonderful people at our sister church in Germantown, Maryland, and I came to greet and have you applause all the military people, the first responders, the medical personnel. I rehearsed that, so let's do it again. Amen. I know he wouldn't mind. But then I need to say this to you, not because he is who he is to us as family, but because of who he is and Kimberly, likewise, as the lead pastors of this church. In the last year, maybe a couple months more, you and I have gone through unprecedented times. Never in our lives have we seen such a epidemic or pandemic or really worldwide upheaval because of the pandemic. The ability uh, to handle that needs to be one that is strong, positive, creative, and patient, able to withstand criticism, and able to commend when commendation is needed. Unprecedented times call for unprecedented leadership. Can I get an amen by faith? This is who Pastor J.C. and Kimberly has been for the last 12 months. I think about, you ever see the movie Star Trek or the show Star Trek? You ever seen it? You can go ahead and raise your hands. You're not that young. (laughs) And one of the phrases, to boldly go where no one has ever gone before which is what I'll do when I preach this morning, but it's what Pastor J.C. and Kimberly has done in these 12 months. And they need to know, I'm encouraged and comforted when folks bless me with an encouraging word. Pastors are no less. It's almost going to be three years since my wife and I transitioned from 33 years of serving here. And I am still grateful and thankful to God that we have made the choice we have. I don't always like my son-in-law, but he doesn't always like me, so we do real well together. No, we've never had an issue, never had a word negative. But I want you to bless them right now. Would you put your hands together loudly? Say thank you with me. Thank you. Help me say thank you. Yeah. We're looking right at you, Pastor J.C. and Pastor Kimberly and... We appreciate your leadership, your anointing, and your love. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Remain standing for a moment longer, if you will. It has been my custom as a minister of the Word everywhere I go to have you stand for the reading of the Word. There is one verse in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 13, Verse number 15, if you'd like to call that up on your device or take your Bible and open it there, that would be Hebrews 13 and verse 15. After we read this verse, I'll ask you to pray for me and I will do the same for you before we enter into the substance of the word this morning. Hebrews 13, 15, 
By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. I want you to repeat it after me, phrase by phrase, on the count of three. One, two, three. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Let the church say amen. amen. Reach this way with your hands and stretch your arms in this way. Let's pray for each other. You pray for me. I, I need your prayers. I'm not so good that I don't need it. Father, I thank you today for this lovely congregation. Rainy last night, a little bit rainy this morning. Could have easily stayed in. COVID situation, Lord. And there, there are many ways that uh, perhaps we could have chosen to not be here. But I pray for a fresh anointing on them. Say amen, church. I pray for ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. I pray for a mind to comprehend what the Lord is saying. I pray, Lord, we will not uh, be distracted by things that will steal your word from our hearts. Lift us up in heavenly places, God. Let there be fresh oil, fresh fire, fresh anointing on us. Let us not leave here like we came in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you. I don't intend to take advantage of our time together. I do intend, however, to uh, get you home in time for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so that'll work out with you. It'll work out with me. Even give you a little time to get some chips and dip. I, I'm not a football person. I, I don't even like it. Go, Brady. I don't even know anything about football. Go, Brady. You know, I, I just really don't pay attention to Brady. I mean, to. I gave it away, didn't I? If he doesn't win in the Bucks, there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Some of you would like that. Wouldn't you? So much for the carnal part of this lesson. Let's get to the spiritual part. Here's a thought I want you to dwell with me on for our time together. The power of the sacrifice of praise. Maybe we could phrase it another way. It's amazing what praising can do. As I mentioned earlier, these are unprecedented times. COVID, sickness. I appreciate those who feel safer to not attend until they do. No criticism to them at all. I appreciate you who are here because you're able to be. But COVID is still out there. These are times of uncertainty. Somebody may have a job today and lose it tomorrow. I was in the church last Sunday morning, Cedartown, uh, North Georgia, and the youth pastor was mentioning how his wife is in a supervisory position in Rome, Georgia, and she was told that she had to inform 42 people that they were going to be laid off. She did that on that day, and the very next day, she was laid off. Uncertainty, isn't it? These are days of fear, division, 
a lot of strife. These are days of loss. And these are days of hopelessness. It would seem to me at times that Satan is winning and we are losing. Satan, church, plays for keeps and his plan is to keep us from the weapons God has designed for his defeat and our victory. Satan does not want you to know what you can rebuke him and resist him with and put him to flight. He doesn't mind you knowing a few things. But there are weapons that God has provided for us that are designed especially to put the devil under our feet instead of over our heads. And so I, I want to expose one of these weapons that has worked consistently throughout the Old and New Testament and even here in our times. And it's this business about it's amazing what praising can do. And, and I call this, after the word of the Lord in our text, Hebrews, the sacrifice of praise. Now, it's no sacrifice if it doesn't cost you something. Can I get it? Amen. It's no sacrifice to give somebody something when you have a lot of the same thing. It's just a good gift. And so, what we have here is Paul saying, you praise God anyhow. And we are in a season of anyhow. Over the years, I've accumulated some illustrations that have helped me to press on to appreciate the power of praise and to practice it. Some years ago, I, I read uh, this illustration. It, it's a true account from a book written by David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson is now passed. But he was a country preacher in Texas, a rural area, not shaking a lot of demons or running a lot of devils. He was just having church. And one day God moved upon his heart and said to him, I want you to go to New York City. I want you to go to the heart of New York City. I want you to go to New York City where gangs, youth gangs are prevalent where drugs are used widely, where violence is widely known, where there's a lot of upheaval and even the police people cannot contain these gangs for fear of their own lives. And, and David Wilkerson kind of thought, you know, well, I, I've never been to New York City. I don't even know where the heart of New York City is. And plus, I don't know how to deal with, with drug addicts and alcoholics and people involved in violence. And God moved upon him. And upon some season of contemplating and prayer, David Wilkerson went. And he went right to the heart of the gangs in New York City. And, and as he was walking down the street to approach a place of assignment, a group of boys on a street corner was awaiting, apparently, his arrival to them. And according to the account, as he approached them, these members of the gang, as he approached them, he could tell they were preparing to attack him. And so looking to God for guidance, he continued to make his advance towards them, towards his destination. And at the instant, they seemed poised to strike 
David Wilkerson. He didn't know what he was going to do, but all of a sudden, the spirit moved on him and he clapped his hand and shouted, praise the Lord. And they went running in every direction as if somebody threw dynamite in the midst of them. And he goes on to tell that he really don't know exactly why that happened, except that he realized that perhaps there were demon spirits in these folks. Perhaps there were spirits of darkness in them to attack the man of God. And when he shouted out, praise the Lord, it confused them and they went the other way. Somebody say amen to that word. Here's another thought and illustration I read. A place out in Indiana, it was a rural place. I think it's a, as I look at it, it's Holton Ripley County in Indiana. An evangelist went there in that town to preach a series every evening of evangelistic meetings. So one day he went out to a pasture and he thought, well, I'll walk in this pasture, I'll meditate. He saw some tree stumps, I'll sit there and contemplate tonight's message. Well, when he got out there, he didn't know there was a bull out there until it started charging at him. (laughs) And there was not enough room for him to run before the bull would destroy him. So he was terrified and he turned around towards this heavy, large animals with horns. Not knowing what to do, he also clapped his hand and shouted, Praise the Lord! And the animal turned around and went the other way, and his life was spared. That ain't a bunch of bull. That is a real story. <laughs> Y'all looking at me like, you? should I believe that or not? This ain't Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. This is real. So let let, let me talk to you about how you can use the power of praise to drive the devil right now out of your life. Let let me show you what praise does. Number one, and if you take notes, uh, write this down. If, If you don't take notes, act like you do. It makes me feel real good. Think about this. Praise decentralizes the self. Let me, let me say it another way. Praise takes the focus off oneselves. Get this. Our problem is that we are consumed by our problem. The worship and praise of God demands that we shift the attention from ourselves to God. You see, a person cannot praise God without totally moving the focus from oneself to God. Let me clarify. Self wants us to focus on our pain and our hardships, on the injustices to us. When we focus on ourselves, we can only see our limitations. How can we be productive in praise in light of looking at our own limitations? When we focus on ourselves, we see our impossibilities. When we focus on God, we see our possibilities. When we focus on self, we see our despair. When we focus on God, 
we feel deliverance. When we focus on ourselves and look at the mountain ahead of us or the debt before us or the problem in the marriage or the wayward child or the propensity to lose our home, when we focus on all those things, we feel stress. When we focus on God, we feel strength. Give me an amen. You see, when you focus on God, through praise, it causes you and I to see who God really is and how vast, how immeasurable, how all-sufficient God is. And and so I, I tell you that, that when you focus on God like Paul did in prison, He wrote the book of Philippians from prison and in the book of Philippians he could have focused on the jail and the jailer and the food and the stink and the jail mates he had. But when he focused on Jesus he said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Well go ahead and clap. Join that one person. You know, uh, I want to keep Pastor J.C.'s pulpit in the same pattern he always has. It's very proper, very nice. Content is always excellent. But I'm not going to do that. When you focus on yourself instead of praising God in spite of yourself, you got to be careful the hymns you choose to sing. And you got to be careful who's listening to them. You know, some Christians are poor billboard for Jesus. Their hymn goes like this. Gloom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. You might as well go ahead and sing it. You sang it before. If it won for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, agony on me. You know, every once in a while, I need to run in some people who got a song in their heart, who got a praise on their lips, who got a hallelujah in their soul. Oh, hallelujah. There, there's something about me that, that moves me away from gloom, despair. And I'll tell you what I mean. I know we have new folk here. I mean new in the sense that you, you started coming after my transition. And then we have some of the folk that know me. And so folks that know me, if you heard this before, you act like you hadn't known me. And we'll... I have to make an extra effort sometime to move away from people who centralize their self and want to talk about everything negative in their life. And most of those people, I've heard it five times. As the pastor, I've heard it five times. And every time I listen to it, I act like, you don't mean that. And so when I go to Walmart and I see one of those people on aisle number six, I'm running to aisle number 12. Yeah. 
You know what some of y'all do when you want to avoid those people? You act like you're talking on your cell phone when you ain't got nobody on that phone. Go ahead and say amen. We're going to have a repentance, a call to the altar in just a little bit. You know what you're trying to do? You're trying to avoid sadness. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I, I always went down to the floor. Oh, boy. If you want to go on and leave this life, just listen to country music. I know, I've just lost a half of the congregation. I don't hate country music, I just don't like it. I don't mind the guitars, I, don't mind, I, just, don't mind, I just don't like the words. Some of them. My dog bit me, they stole my pickup, and my wife left me. Well, just go ahead and ride over the cliff, man. I mean... There used to be one that says, here's a quarter. Call someone who cares. <laughs> it ain't going to work because it takes 50 cents to call now. <laughs> Perhaps I should get back to my notes. It might be. You, you and I got to, you and I got to, you know, the devil will have a, uh, he'll come right beside you. He'll come into your bedroom, into your car, if all you got is somebody done somebody wrong song. Can I get an amen? That's why it's a sacrifice of praise. You sing that song and you listen to those songs and you hang around people who love the Lord. They may be in the same boat you are, but you say to them and they say to you, locking arms, we will either swim together or we'll sing together or we'll sink together. But God is with us everywhere. Put your hands together and thank the Lord. Let me, let me show you something else. Here's a second thought you want to write down if you'd like. Satan fears praise more than he does our prayers. Now you may have to recycle that in your mind a few times to get it because it may sound uh, inconsistent with what you've heard. Satan fears praise more than he does your prayers. Did you know that a larger portion of the word of God is given to praise than to prayer? Let me back it up. Prayer is mentioned 104 verses in five sections. And praise is mentioned 214 verses in seven sections. More praise in Scripture than the word prayer. We need them both. But I'm just showing you the importance of praise. Let, let me show you something. It's a, it's a passage in 1 Chronicles chapter 20. About the power of praise and the sacrifice of praise. Jehoshaphat was the king of the tribe of Judah. They had not long entered the promised land as God promised that he would bring them into. Upon settling for a while, starting to build their houses, starting to cultivate the soil and grow their crops, starting to raise their livestock, etc. There were four, three or four of the uh, surrounding nations that came to threaten them, to drive them out of the land because these surrounding nations said that was our land first, so we were there. But God had given the land to, to Judah and Jehoshaphat. And these, some of these tribes or nations were the Moabites, Ammonites, inhabitants of Mount Seir, etc. And so one of the soldiers of the tribe of Judah hastily ran to King Jehoshaphat and said to the king, there is a host of armies and troops, enemies, are surrounding us. 
They are more than we can number. Perhaps they are three or four times more than our troops. And they're coming to attack us and destroy us. And Jehoshaphat declared a fast. Called all the people together, fast and praying. And then Jehoshaphat led the congregation in prayer and he said, Lord, these people are much more than we can face and defeat. Their numbers are so numerous, it is like the sand of the sea. And Lord, we don't have any might, any strength against these armies. Neither do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Isn't that better when our eyes are upon him than our eyes are upon somebody else? Can I get an amen? And God raised up one of the prophets from the tribe of Judah after Jehoshaphat prayed. And the prophet's name, Jananiah, Jananiah said to all the people, just heard from the Lord. He said, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I mean, oh, God can whip him without our help. Y'all didn't hear that. I'm going to say it again. God can whip the devil and demons and imps of hell without our help. So Jehoshaphat said, the power of praise now, Jehoshaphat being counseled by the Holy Spirit said, I want the choir to go ahead of all the other people. Now think about this. The, the armies of the enemies are four times more than the armies of Judah. They're already outnumbered. He said, I want the choir and the instruments and the band, I want them to march down into the valley of Tekoa towards the enemy, and I want them to blow their horns, those that blow horn and those that sing, I want them to sing one line as they go toward the enemy. Don't take your sword, don't take your shield, don't take your spear, don't take any fighting implements, don't take your chariots. All I want you to do, choir, I want you to lead the way and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endure it forever. That's it. That's it. Over and over. Praise the Lord for his mercy. Endure it forever. You got to be kidding. We ain't even got a spear. You say what God tells you to say and he'll take care of the rest. Praise the Lord for his mercy. Endure it forever. <laughs> what kind of guy is that preaching? I'll tell you what kind of guy I am. I start off telling you the sermon and then I move to yelling you the sermon. That's just my style, okay? If you want a dead preacher, I can, I can recommend five or six churches right down this way. I'm risky, but I'm glad. You know what the Bible says about this army? The, arm, the four nation armies? Wild God, children was praising the Lord, and the horns were playing, and the choir. Boy, you got to have a good choir to put it in front. Okay, Micah. Anyhow, the people turn on themselves. Army against army could not recognize who the real enemy was, and they destroyed themselves while the people of God were praising God for his mercy and do it forever. It took them three days to collect the spoils of their enemies. God won't just bless you. He'll bless you good measure. Press down. Shake it together. And running over. I would jump down there if I didn't think I'd break my leg. <laughs> Most of my preaching has been. Okay, let's move to something else. 
It's not quite time for the Super Bowl. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. Is this working out for you? Be sure to text the pastor. Uh, Here's this. Praise invites the presence of God. In, In Psalm 22 and 3, you might want to read it later. Here's about praise and the presence of God. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. God lives in an aura of praise. Give me an amen. God inhabits the praise of his people. What was that inhabitus stuff? God dwells inside his people. But you and I control just how much he rises up in us. By our grumbling and fault finding and giving Satan credit or by our praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. Now let me just point this out to you. Praise brings the presence of God and when the presence of God comes, number one, there is power. Everybody say power. Oh, I can take all the power from God that he's willing to give me. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but he's there before I get there. But I may need a little more power. You remember this business again about sacrifice of praise. You, you remember when Joshua and the children of Israel came to the first city into the promised land after crossing Jordan, the first place they were to take was Jericho. And you remember how the walls of Jericho were so strong, high, wide. Upon my reading, I've discovered that some of those walls in the Old Testament days, because they were fortification for cities, some of those walls were like three chariots wide. So it seemed impenetrable, doesn't it? And so high. And you didn't have those fire station ladders, Brian. How are we, God? We are not a warring people. We're not uh, a people given to... We've been in the wilderness 40 years. We know nothing about walls and fighting folk who are already armed. And they got their soldiers and they got their weapons and they got their chariots. And they got their battering rams. We don't know how many people are behind those walls in the city of Jericho. We don't know what, what kind of tools or weapons they could throw over the wall and... Destroy us. And the Lord said, hey, 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 hey. Joshua said, this is what the Lord told me. And he designated. He designated the priests to go ahead. He designated the musicians to go ahead all together to have a certain order that we're going to go. And, and the army to go. Not, not a lot. For the first seven days of taking the city of Jericho, God's plan was you only take this group of people, some soldiers, some musicians, the priests with the Ark of the Covenant, and you march around those walls one time each day for seven days. Everybody still with me? Okay. Now, what kind of crazy plan is that? I mean, can you imagine after about the third or fourth day, the uh, Israelites marching around the wall? I can just imagine the Jerichoans didn't feel threatened at all. They just bought their lounge chair up on the top of the wall and got them some tater chips and popcorn. Just laugh watching these people just go around. What others would laugh at, what seems foolish in the eyes of other people, is wisdom in the eyes of God if he told you to do it. 
I need a stronger amen. amen. The foolishness of this world. Well, I go to church. Well, I don't. I don't need all that. Well, you go anyhow. I tithe and give my offering. I, I, they got enough money over there. I'm obeying God. Can, can I get an amen? We lay hands on the sick and anoint with oil and pray for healing. Well, that went out with the Old Testament. You go ahead and do it anyhow. Seven days, six days, they marched around the, the walls of Jericho. I don't know how, how uh, the distance was, but I, I think it's considerable. Seven days, horns, Ark of the Covenant, soldiers, etc. And then the Lord said to Joshua on the seventh day, let them march around the wall seven times nonstop. And when you tell them to shout, Joshua, you be sure that they shout at your command. Joshua told the people and those marching around it at seven times. And Joshua said, shout. And the people let it roar. Shout praises to God repeatedly. And the walls came down and they walked over over the rubble to take the city of Jericho. Give the Lord praise. Are, are, are there walls in your life that needs to come down? Praise God. Are there cities in your life that needs to come down? Praise God. Are, are, are you in a place in your life where the financial need is such and, uh, and you don't have money you think to tithe and give? March around it with praising God. Let me tell you something. You ought to take your check every week and put your hand on it and say, thank you, Jesus. You, you, when you walk into your house, you should say, thank you. You don't have to do it every time, but oh, before the day is over, thank you for a roof over my head. Praise the Lord. When you get in that car and you crank it up and you go along the road, it don't have to take you long. Just thank you, Jesus. I'm having more fun than you all are, but I'll keep going. L look at this. And I'm, I'm going to try to wrap it up. I said try. I didn't say I would. <laughs> Do you know that God's presence, praise brings the presence of God, okay? Praise brings the presence of God. Whether you're school, whether you're work, if all you, in your car, if all you could steal for a moment and say, I, I worship you, Jesus. That's praise. Can I get an amen? When you come to church, if you could just clap your hands while they worship and sing, uh, that's praise. Can I get an amen? If, if, if all you can do is just in your mind, praise the Lord. If you want to dance a little bit, you know, just dance a little bit. If you'd like, don't, you know, okay. Be, be very discreet. Uh, my, my business is this. We don't have to praise God the same way. We can praise him with the lifting of hands. We can praise him with the song, the instruments. It's not hard to know how to praise God. You remember when Paul and Silas... Acts 16, Paul and Silas. Come, come to the music, if you will, from wherever you are hiding. Uh, here's this. Uh, Paul and Silas was in jail. They were put there, Acts 16, because of their testimony. Paul and Silas were and you know, I didn't think you were hiding. I just... Paul and Silas cast a demon out of a woman that was doing witchcraft for a couple of men who was making money through her because she would do voodoo and witchcraft and sorcery. And Paul and Silas recognized the demon and the voodoo in her. Cast it out. Let me tell you something else. I've been to 
around the block a few times. I'm 64 years old. And while I enjoy being with you this morning, the devil is real. I've had to face him. I've seen people demon-possessed. I've seen people who at their last, the, the end of their rope, I've seen people whom the doctors pronounce they're not going to live. I've, I've seen and met people whose marriage was on the rocks and more than on the rocks. And for some of those same people, I started praising God over them. If you go to pray for somebody, don't pray for the possibility that, uh, you know, they're going to die and we know it, Lord. Don't come praying that over me if I'm sick. I don't need any help dying. Pray for life. When you don't know how to pray, say, thank you for my marriage, God, even though it's not where it ought to be. Thank you. Somebody say amen. My children are not where they ought to be. They're not going to church. God, somebody's doing drugs or they're doing whatever. I praise God for my children. As long as there is breath, there is hope. Clap your hands, somebody. Yes, come on. Help me praise you. I dare you to leave here today praising God in spite of it. I'm not telling you what I heard somebody else do. I've got my own story. I'm embarrassed by some of my story, not because I was in sin, but because of my poor faith. Embarrassed. Because now I'm telling you to do something that I should have done better. Follow me as I follow Jesus. If I quit following Jesus, don't follow me. They were in jail, Paul and Silas. And I feel the presence of God. I feel delivering presence here this morning. And if you'll receive it, you don't have to leave here like you came. In a pit. In a prison. Stink smell. Muddy floor human waste, dark, nothing appealing in a pit, bound with chains at their wrists and their ankles. They had already been whipped, beaten before being plunged in their next door to death. They could have died during the night, but then the officers of the prison and such said, we'll put them through the night and the next day we'll bring them out and maybe finish the job. And at midnight... Uh, everybody say midnight I'm going to do this I know the camera I, I, I know I know the camera I'm going to do this I don't know about you but I've made my trip back from hell I didn't stay I would I, I've been to and you have too I may know you don't have to go to hell to be in hell oh hallelujah Oh, Jesus. At midnight, everybody say midnight. Paul and Silas pulled out the old hymnal. And they started singing a song in the least likely place you would expect. I don't know what they sang. One of the songs I grew up with was, Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. Some of you all ain't with me. Can y'all see me? He loved me and I knew him. And all my lovers knew him. He brought me to victory with his redeeming blood. Stand up, everybody, in the house. 
remain standing. Oh, I'm just getting wound up. But let me tell you this. At midnight, everybody say midnight. At midnight, they start singing. I don't know if you've ever been in that mess, but they were. And the Bible says, an earthquake shocked the prison. It didn't shake the motel down the road. It didn't shake the restaurant down the road. It, it didn't shake the, the, the department store. They had a localized earthquake. And the chains fell off. And they said, look what the Lord has done. Ooh, uh, Pastor, man, I know you are in charge, and I respect that, but tonight the game might go overtime, so I'm fixing to go over. <laughs> Just kidding. The chains fell off. I want you to shake off some chains before you leave in the next few moments. Is that okay by you? I want you to shake them off. The Bible says, the other oh, prisoners, their chains fell off. When you get blessed, somebody ain't deserving of it, they get blessed too. And when the jailkeeper came out, he knew that he was commanded to keep them from, from escaping at the cost of his life. He was about to fall on his sword and take his life. Paul says, no, 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 we all here. We all here. We all delivered because we learned how to praise God anyhow. But say praise God anyhow. Bow your heads, please. Now, I, I'm going to invite you to shake it off this morning. But there are chains that are going to be upon you that are going to stay there if you don't voluntarily and willfully give them up today. Jesus stands at the prison door to let you out, but you got to be willing to walk out after the door is open. Can I get an amen? I want you to walk out of your prison today and if that be sin if that be disobedience if that be some form of a habit or addiction I want you to shake off those chains and let the walls fall down and leave here praising God so with your heads bowed and your eyes closed say Pastor Allen I've got a few things i got to shake off this morning before I leave I'm not going to ask you to come forward I'm not going to ask you to step out in the aisle I'm just going to pray for you. I got some things I need to shake off and some walls that need to fall down so I can get back my praise. If that's you, raise your hands. Come on, do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now let everybody raise their hands to the Lord. Lift your hands toward heaven and you tell him what you want to shake off and I'll pray that God will touch you today. Come on, raise your voice a little bit louder. Come on, tell the Lord, I don't feel like praising you. I don't feel like raising my hands. In the name of Jesus. Come on, Father. We shake off those bands and those chains in Jesus' name. We shake off those fears. We shake off those addictions. We shake off those sins. Not by our name. In the name of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb, we cast them aside. And we're going to leave here today like we walk in on air, not like we're walking, oh God, with weights in our ankles. We shake them off today, God. Devil, you're a liar. Devil, you come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I want life, God. I take life and I choose life. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Is it okay? Give the Lord some praise.